0: All right, here we go. Chris Updike, show number 20. Today, I have a special guest in the uh, studio, Chris Verdi. Chris is the owner of Core Restore, um, does some muscle activation techniques, does some therapies down there for people that probably don't have, uh, a, as a last resort, probably done with their traditional yes. doctors and things like that. And you had an interesting story, you know, growing up as a kid, athlete. had some injuries, and really couldn't find any kind of techniques that helped you out. And that's how you kind of stumbled upon what you do today. So explain a little bit about growing up as a kid, playing sports, getting some injuries.
1: Yeah, I I grew up in Indiana, but before that I was in California for a couple years and got introduced to soccer. So I started playing soccer when I was six years old. Um, I started playing spring, summer, fall. And then, of course, all the years of doing it, I was getting better and better, but again, you have a lot of repetitive stress over the years, and of course, not really looking at it that way, not even thinking about that stuff, obviously, as a kid. It got to be when I was, I went to college, uh, Franklin College in Indiana, a private school, and um, I was playing on their soccer team, and it was the season before uh, my junior year, or no, it was before my senior year, uh, Senior year uh, no, of, jun- no, junior year of, uh, uh, of, of college. college, yeah. And on the off season, I would lift weights. Like I lifted lots of weights. I lifted very heavy. I was a sweeper, so I was last man back. Um, I could kick the ball pretty much all at least halfway down the field, if not further. So um, I was all about strength. And then I ended up doing a squat. And when I did a squat, I heard a pop, and it was the most intense pain I'd felt. The pain went away. I thought, oh, I'm fine. I finished my workout. Woke up a week later. I couldn't even feel nor like even uh, move the right side of my body. So after that process, I um, for about two years, and this is also when chiropractic was fairly new, I started doing the chiropractor, started doing PTs. Now, this is when I was 19 years old, so I'm 50 now. Um, so back then, chiropractic was kind of new. Nothing was helping, and so eventually my uh, parents ended up uh, uh, reaching out to a friend that knew the Indiana Pacers surgeon, um, and they were doing this new laser surgery, and uh, they wanted to fuse my sacrum to lumbar spine. So once they did that, it uh, I came out of surgery even in more pain, and the surgeon tell, told me I'd never bend forward again. So, um, and I also looked down at my legs, and my legs had really shrunk from the surgery. So, It was really from that moment on that I was dealing with chronic pain, Pain. pretty much sciatica down the right side of my body, to the point where I couldn't feel my right foot nor my uh, right big toe. Um, And so, yeah, that's kind of what led me to eventually uh, find MIT. Um, And before that, I was actually, you know, down the road, I eventually became an actor, did the whole acting thing, was in New York City. um, And I just got to the point where I couldn't even... Uh, really function so much anymore without immense pain. And I didn't get into drugs. I didn't get to like opiates or anything like that. Um, I really tried to do everything as natural as I could. Um, I got into other fitness modalities, yoga and things. Um, But eventually what ended up happening is I ruptured two more discs above my fusion, three and four, um, from a backbend in a yoga class and stayed crooked and bent to the left for three and a half years after that. So I was literally going down a path where I was like I was probably going to head towards surgery again, and I really, really didn't want that. So um, I ended up becoming a trainer. So I went to the National Personal Training Institute, which was in Hoboken, um, you know, looking at my athletic roots, and, uh, and I came out of that even worse. And so one day I happened to uh, – about a year later, I happened to go to an IDEA conference, which is a training conference they have all over. I happened to be in New York City that year. And I came across a gentleman, a professor, that was doing a new technique called Muscle Activation Techniques, M-A-T for short, uh, developed by Greg Roscoff, um, headquarters in Denver, Colorado. Um, and he was doing a demo on some people. And I started listening to what he was doing. And he was, it was basically opposite of everything I'd ever been taught in health and fitness. What year do you think that was? When you that heard was, that about? I was 36. So I think that was 2000. It was, it was late 2000. It was uh, fall of 2005. Um, and so when I saw him doing this, I'm like, okay, I have nothing to lose. So I get up on his table. I start telling him what's wrong with me. And then he starts muscle testing, which I had never had before, and uh, found some weakness on my left with my obliques, reactivated my obliques, and also my hips started to drop that night. And so, what did he do the muscle test? Like, what did he actually do when you were on the table? Um, well, muscle testing is, uh, is, is developed by a chiropractor named Goodart back in the 60s. Um, uh, Greg Roscoff developed it, or took it further, and as far as testing the contractability, of muscle. So what you do is you get a muscle in the most shortened position you can, and it has to really rely on the sensory information to feed back to the brain. And the shortened and better position it is, the, the body can't compensate through it. And so literally you'll put yourself in a position, have the client hold. If they can't hold, obviously the muscle is uh, not contracting properly, or we say weak, and we go and activate by origin insertion, and then he retested it and it was strong. And from the ability to increase the contractability of muscle my hips started to drop. And so then right then I knew that's what I wanted to do. And that started my path toward what I'm doing now. So in one session at this conference, you yeah. felt some relief. I felt completely relieved for that. Up until that point, I was crooked and bent three and a half years to the left. And my hip started to drop. And I told my husband that day, as we're walking back, he was in New York for some reason. I said, this is what I want to do. That makes sense. And that's Feels what good. I did. Yeah.
0: I'm going to take you back. Cause you said something pretty interesting early on. And- I think most of our listeners know full-time job, right? I'm a high school phys ed teacher and around sports all the time. And one of the things you said is you started playing soccer at a very young age, Mm -hmm. and you just didn't play in the fall, right? Here in New Jersey, our high school soccer season's the fall. If you play like on a club soccer team, the season's fall, winter, spring, summer. Right. What is your advice for some parents out there that do the same sport year round? Do you think that's a good thing for the young developing athlete?
1: No, I do not. Um, I think, it's fine to say, okay, this is my sport of choice and this is what I really want to do. But I think it's really imperative that you do other sports or other activities so you don't go into repetitive motion all the time. And a lot of times with sports-specific training, you end up training the same way all the time, which becomes a stress. So it's just as bad as going, like, not at all, becoming sedentary, not doing anything. And then the opposite is going full force and doing that repetitive motion. The key is to counteract that repetitive motion with other modalities and things that can help you stay healthy, as well as, yeah, if I had children today, they would not be playing one sport. They'd be playing a couple sports, and they could eventually pick what they wanted, but I would make sure they had some way to back up uh, and take care of themselves that could handle the repetitive stresses from, uh, from being an athlete.
0: Yeah, no, that, that's great. And that's always my thing, too. And I talk to the kids in school and I talk to their parents. And, you know, you have some of the – they have eight-year-olds playing soccer. And they're like, it's time right. to get serious because they need the college scholarship. And I'm like, <laughs> right. that's 1% of 1%. Yeah. So, slow yeah, down with that slow stuff down. a little bit. So, you're at that conference. The guy does some work on you. Yeah. And you start to feel relief. So, mm-hmm. then what's your, like, next up? Because you also – you were – uh, you had some trainer certifications as well before yeah. that certification started, yes. right? Yeah. So, talk a little bit about those trainer certifications and also yeah. what you have to do to get those certifications.
1: Okay. Um, I, this is uh, way back in uh, a little bit before 2005. I started with American College of Sports Medicine. And then, no, I think I started with uh, NSCA, uh, National Sports Conditioning Association, started there. Um, and again, I started uh, studying for that after I went to the National Personal Training Institute, uh, which was in Hoboken, which I did for a year um, and gave me a lot of book knowledge and, and practical knowledge and kind of prepared me for the exam. Um, uh, NSCA, NS, NSCA, I took a test, uh, passed the exam, um, and then I realized I, uh, some of the facilities wanted something else. They won American College of Sports Medicine at the time, so then I studied for that took exams, uh, uh, passed that, and then I've just kept up the certification process. Every three years you have to do so many continuing education credits in order to keep that. Is there any kind of like a
0: practical with it or is it kind of like read a book, take a
1: test? Um, there are practical, yeah, they they have a book and then there's a practical part of it too. Um, a lot, for me, I just knew that I'm a very visual person, like mm-hmm. I have to do things, especially being an actor, like I have to put myself in something. And so I can read everything which is fine, but once I do it, and I actually make it part of who I am, then it becomes that much easier for for me to understand it. Right, yeah.
0: Yeah. So you had that uh, one thing at the conference, the guy worked on you, you Mm -hmm. felt relief. You said, this is what I want to do. Right. So let's kind of take it from there. Do you get, before your core restore training system starts, do you get certified in the M.A.T.S.? Yep.
1: Yep. Uh, It's uh, Muscle Activation Techniques, M.A.T. for short. Uh, Again, like I said, Greg Roscoff um, developed it from his own frustrations of uh, being an athlete. He was a football player. Felt like, he always says he felt like he was an old man by 19, which I felt the same way because I just felt my body breaking down. And he did too. So he was a sports orthotics guy that started realizing that every time he would put someone in orthotics, it would change the, the, the direction of the stress. So their foot might be better, then it's the knee, then the back, then the, and the, hip. You know, the hip, and then the neck. So uh, yeah, so uh, when I ended up having that experience, um, I, for the first time, felt not only a difference in my pain level, but I felt a significant change that happened pretty quickly. Now, again, a lot of people like that end up having MAT sometimes get that really quick response. But like anything, it's a process. And that's something I've had to kind of come to through the years and, and understanding the human body. And especially as you keep learning things, you keep thinking, oh, well, that's not working or this is not working. So, um, yeah. So you got the MATS certification. Yep. Talk about then how you evolved into your own core restore sure, training. Sure, sure, and one, to back up a thought is that when I went into the internship, it was a, a I think it was a nine month, 10 month internship that I flew out um, every month to Denver, Colorado and actually work with Greg. Um, and then I took a couple months after that to fly back out to take the practical as well as the written test.
0: Also. There's not a lot of people out there that practice it. So no. it's not like you can go to your local grocery store no, right, and, and pick it up. There's
1: one, uh, there's one other lady that does in transferred but there's myself. Um, and well, the thing with MAT is it's extremely challenging and it challenges you on every single level. It challenges you on everything you think. Um, it challenges you on you have to th- figure things out for yourself. Um, it challenges you physically, like how you adapt to the stress that you're being placed upon your body. Um But, yeah, it's like it's kind of when I remember uh, starting my business, when I came up with the name Core Store um, and trying to get MAT out there, I remember in the beginning I was like, oh, this is great. And and I, you know, you have to do this and and no one could relate it to much of anything. And so I end up becoming a little bit insular and realizing I had to start relating it to other modalities and and starting to get that out there. Because um, actually, when I did start it, there were about 15 other people doing MAT in New Jersey. Uh it's really challenging as a practitioner. It's the hardest thing I've ever had to do and it's one of the proudest things I've I've done in my life because there are many, many times where I wanted to quit. There are many, many times where I thought, "Oh my god, I can't do this anymore. I don't know what I'm doing whatever it is." But, you know, the thing was is that um with the guidance of national headquarters and just the persistence that I have as a person and I'm a very determined individual, um I would feel the benefit, and for me, like even in the beginning, like I never had MAT, so it took me years to be able to take time off to go to New York to work with a guy that actually I would pay him to work on me. Uh-huh. So yeah, so it's it's definitely um, a challenge. I guess it, it makes it challenging because there's no like set stone. If
0: this A happens, you do B, and it right. fixes it, right? Right. So right. you're out there figuring out what your patient has going on right and then what they need for it
1: right and and again i'm i have to say that i'm i'm not medical i'm fitness so i'm Mm -hmm. i I always call my other clients so um because we're kind of staying out of the medical world because one reason is is we are uh, a fitness modality and we really see ourselves as that next that step even with or before fitness because again it's about getting your body healthy or your muscle system healthy enough to withstand the forces whether they be positive or negative, and that's really the key when it comes to MAT.
0: So let's start talking about what you do now at Core Store in your studio with okay. your clients.
1: Sure. Um, well, I bring people in for a consultation, always complimentary, because I, I just want to. I want to figure out a few things before I see people. I want people to take responsibility for their health. I want people to, to make it a priority, and I have to. And I want people to understand this is going to be out of pocket. And it's a commitment, you know? And, and for me, I always tell people, you choose what you value. Like, you know, when I go out and spend money, I spend money on my health, I spend money on food, I spend money on my house and my business. That's four things I really spend money on. So I don't go out to eat a lot, I don't do all these things. And and so uh, that's one thing I start with. But then when I when I find the right clientele that, that uh, end up coming to me, I kind of do an overall intake to see kind of where where their uh their dysfunctional joints are throughout their body and i i do that in a very specific manner um, and then a lot of times depending on what they're wanting like um, i'll either start them with muscle activation techniques or i'll start them with my patented core Restore training system because i'm very into figuring your your, your problems out like i'm a i'm almost like a puzzle master i'm trying to figure out all these dysfunctional ways that the body is, is is compensating and how can I undo that? The thing that always intrigued me with MAT and why I was drawn to MAT is because I worked with so many people that said, Oh, you have a back surgery. So we got to work around that or we got work. So, cause my surgeon told me, I said, you will never bend forward again. And so when you have that in your head and then you do bend forward and then years and years and years, you go ahead and do it. And, you sneeze you throw your back out you pick up a pencil you throw your back out you just do one little motion you throw your back out you stop doing that yeah. because everyone is working around that and no one's really addressing the issue and that's where MIT is like they're really we're really looking to see what you cannot do we have tons of checks and balances through muscle testing to figure out what we see is actually what is going on and that's one thing i like about it because you know feeling is great and, and 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 having a sense of what's right and wrong is awesome but when you can prove it with something as simple as a, as well, it's not a, well. A muscle test is it, it's a hard, it's a hard mode out. It's a hard thing to learn. But once you can you can do that, it, it's amazing to see the the impact and the changes, real time changes I see with people all the time, including myself, mm-hmm. to really see how your body. It's just layers and layers and layers of dysfunction and compensation. And when you start picking that apart, other things pop up. But the thing is with MAT, one of the main principles is we are increasing your recovery, your overall recovery threshold of your entire muscle system. So just because I'm working on your hip doesn't mean I'm not affecting your foot and your neck. Sure. You know, And that's where I, I like that thought process. And that's why we keep ourselves out of the medical world because I wanna figure out exactly where I need to go and what's best for that person based on what I'm seeing, based on what they're telling me. And really nine times out of 10 is what the body is showing me. Yeah. You know, and that's what I'm learning.
0: You said a couple of times after your surgery, the doctor basically told you you weren't going to be able to bend forward. Correct. Expand on that, like bend yeah. forward, tie your shoes, bend mm-hmm. forward to grab that water bottle you just picked up. Yeah. Like, so you had no motion.
1: I had. Forward. I Well, it's also a, a psychological thing after a while. So after you hurt yourself a number of times doing that and wearing weight belts over the years and doing everything to protect my lower back, other things started to happen too. Sure. Like you're, that's again, that threshold. So other things start happening. So, I mean, it would be frustrating. I would just do a hip extension exercise. Also my back would seize up. I mean, those are the things that just over time, your muscles ability to handle that kind of stress just decreases. And And one reason that we, believe that happens is because we lose the contractibility of certain muscle fibers within our muscle system and we're kind of looking at the type one muscle fibers which are the stabilizing characteristics of muscle because with mat the number one thing is increasing contractibility increasing the efficiency of the muscle to contract period because if you increase that baseline of contractivity then you end up increasing your overall threshold so you can handle more and more stress and that's what people like, you know, people are I always tell people in order to contract, in order to lengthen, you have to increase contraction, mm-hmm. which is kind of opposite Oppos- of what yeah, a lot of people have been taught. In my head. Yeah. So one of uh, a second main <clears throat> principle in MAT, it's um, tightness is protective. So if something keeps tightening up, there's a reason for it. It's not haphazard. It just doesn't happen to do that. And 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 and, and that really started to make sense to me because as a kid. I can't tell you how tight my hamstrings were and my calves were, and they were always tight. And I would stretch them and stretch them and stretch them, and they would always go tight again. Now I see that as a way that my body was trying to protect myself. It was it was sensing instability, and those are the muscles that they were tightening up to pull me back because I couldn't bend forward. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you think of mechanics, and that's what we do is we study body mechanics, you're always thinking how muscles pull and yeah. how muscles move. So it's really that simple. If I'm starting to bend forward, it's a seesaw effect. Something else has to pull down. So if I'm not pulling down, I'm going to get shocked in my lower back all the time, or have my back spasm up. Yeah. So it's very interesting. It's it's really cool because we get down to those nitty gritty issues that everyone has, and it doesn't mm. matter if you're an athlete or not. You know, over time, yeah, sure, certain things stop working, and we attribute that to age. I mean, we always think, you know, our whole thing is we want we want people to kind of see us as the, 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 the people you'd see for the health of your muscle system. Because it is, it's like Greg Roscoff always says, when do you stop exercising? You really shouldn't. Mm-hmm. And so, and to counteract that stress, you have to have good things that keep your body healthy, whether it's chiropractic, whether it's ART, whether it's some of these other modalities, um, you need something to keep your body healthy and, and able to withstand those forces, whether they be chemical, emotional, and physical, so.
0: Yeah, and and I understand that a little bit too. I. Uh before we started filming today, I shared that I, you know, went to a Cairo for the first time about a year ago. And as a kid growing up, I always said that I had tight hamstrings. Right. And he did some I had a stretch with him the first time and I go, Doc, I, I can't my hamstrings are so tight. Right. And I maybe went down to my shins with my fingertips. Mm-hmm. Maybe. And uh, after he adjusted me and he he's a big active release guy. Mm-hmm. And then he said, Do it again and I touch my toes i put my palms to the floor mm-hmm. and i never did that and i was probably 43 right when i did yeah, that i see that kind of stuff time. all
1: the time with yeah. what i do
0: and i think that's what's nice for the patient because they almost see immediate results right mm-hmm. from like you said right my, which one i session. which i would tell people that's great the client the
1: right client. right the client that's great but that's only the beginning and the key is getting it to stay yeah that's where the work comes in the work comes in is as you start to feel better then that's when the work begins like you know so you kind of
0: mentioned there you glossed over it your patented core restore yes program talk yep. about the patents and what it actually is
1: okay sure um so again from doing uh, muscle activation techniques all these years you know there was a lot of force on my body and so with my own back injury and other problems that were arising from taking care of people and 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 all that things i had to figure out a way to counteract that stress and for me Um, I couldn't go back to just traditional training because I I found that I was really blowing myself up because I was lifting really heavy and, you know, I was really big and all that kind of stuff. But I ended up stopping all that. And I said, okay, I have to figure out some baseline of, of of working out that I can do that will actually help me and keep me more stable so I can withstand the forces of my job. So my dad being a mechanical contractor and I had a buddy at the time we were working together and we started just putting up pulleys everywhere, not pulleys, uh, bands. And we just started doing all this, you know, uh, like all these exercises based on how force adapts to the body. And so we started talking about it and doing all these things. And then my buddy uh, kind of went away. And then uh, my dad and I really wanted to take this concept because I was really interested in, in looking for a new way to um, kind of understand your body because it, it stems, again, from me being a kid. And being a young adult and losing function, anytime you lose function, it's really scary. And as you keep losing it and losing it and losing it, it not only affects you physically, but psychologically. And I always say that I am here today because of the bravery of Greg Roscoff and his determination to get this out there, because without this, I would not be here. So one thought process I've always had is I believe empowerment through knowledge like through through information is empowerment and I want to understand I want to teach people how their body works like what are the basic fundamentals of mechanics like how does your trunk rotate how do you laterally flex your spine how do you hip extend how do you hip flex like we I think is as important is important movement is important as important as reading and writing. This is your instrument. This is what you're gonna use for the rest of your life, and you need to know how it works. So from that mindset, I just started talking to my dad. And I'm like, okay, dad, he's a mechanical engineer. I just was very lucky and I said, Okay, I'm looking for something that, you know, can give me consistent force within a certain range of motion and um and because i've been using bands and when you use a band it can be very uh you know very light in the very beginning but then when you take it all the way to full extended position it can be kind of heavy and can keep you out of ranges or actually can hurt you so i wanted to figure out something that would let people feel the muscle contraction like because i've found over the years that when i'm doing mat like a lot of people still are so disconnected from their body they're so they don't understand like if i'm doing a muscle test i can't really still feel it and i'm like i can't feel it i can't believe you can't feel that so i had to figure out a different ways that people could actually like, like do it in a training sense like okay let's train because people can wrap their head around training um and so i just started playing around with just all the motions in the trunk So I started looking at trunk rotation noticing, oh, I'm limited to this side and not this side. I'm like, okay, well, now that I have this base knowledge of what I have is that I don't want to reinforce my asymmetry in my body because I believe a lot of the asymmetry ends up affecting us in a negative way. Because the more symmetrical you—I'm not talking perfect symmetry—but the more symmetrical you are, the more f- force production you can produce, and the, the the less chance you have of hurting yourself. Perfect examples when I would do hip extension, or I try to do an isometric, and I lay on the floor and just raise my right hip. My right hip—I could never raise my leg without rotating my hip. So obviously, I was going right into my trunk. So that's why I ended up like hurting my back because I didn't have that range. I didn't know how to access that range of motion. So my dad's like, oh, there's this thing called a tool balancer in industrial manufacturing that you can put up on Uh, You can have it anywhere from a pound all the way up to hundreds of pounds to counteract the force of a tool. I'm like, okay. He said, yeah, well, let's look through that. So we looked through tons of them. We found something that kind of worked. And I literally started training people with tool balancers because it was a low level force and it was very, very and it was very isolated. And I wanted to make sure people could go into these ranges in a way and actually feel what they were doing. That was the most important because we're always taught to move but we're not taught how and what to move. And that's the key. And then they said, oh, I feel my muscles moving me into a rotation, like excellent. Okay, now let's add the tor- Now you're doing the pelvis, let's add the trunk. And then from there I started figuring out like people have no idea how to access their body. And we're going out and we're doing all these things like you know, whatever it, your activity or sport is or whatever it is, or even just a uh, workout routine if you don't know your basic structure and your and your basic things of how the body works, it's like, you're really at the mercy of the person that's teaching you. And nine times out of 10, it's probably, a lot, what's that? It's probably not. Right, yeah, and it's just like, that's why for me, it's always been about knowledge and empowerment. Because once you have the knowledge of how something's supposed to work, especially your body, you will hopefully never get into that situation. Because mm-hmm. I know, like, when you're in a situation in your life where you can't function, it's like, it is really detrimental and it, it, it plays so much in your psyche that everything else is affected. And I just don't want that happening to other people. So you've been developing this program or this system
0: for quite some time now. 12 it's, years. It's got its patent. And yeah. now you're actually hoping it's go, you're gonna get it out there in the upcoming months. So how yeah. far away is it from
1: actually um, coming out? It's the closest it's ever been. I kind of have three parts because I have pipes and joints that are actually, the, I call the cube. Um, and then I have the pulleys, which are one pound pulleys that um, work in a way that gives you consistent force through the entire working range that allows you to work on on, on the muscles that allow you to uh, uh, help increase contraction. And, um, and third is that the body gear. And this is the gear that I've fitted. I have 65 pieces that can fit a variety of like anywhere from a seven-year-old all the way up to someone that's xxl uh size and 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 that took some time and again that took time as finding people to actually be able to produce it and so that i just met with a company in canada um elof igor and martin who are awesome who are now getting me to the point where they're helping me uh figure all that out um and uh yeah so those three pieces my pulleys are currently being the molds are being made in china and um Uh, They're going to be doing a prototype pretty soon. They'll send me the prototype once I okay the prototype with my other designer. Um, uh, That will give the okay for them to produce the 1,000 units. Um, So I'm hoping by anywhere from March to June, I'll have it available for uh, sale. And
0: where where are we going to see? Is it something like I would purchase and put in my own home? Is it going to be in an office like of a Cairo?
1: No, because right now what I'm doing is um, I'm I'm working with 10 different – uh, case studies. So I have uh, people from Pilates, to yoga, to PTs, to chiropractors, to to uh, you name it. I have 10 people and I'm basically saying, okay, here is, I want you to present me with a problem. You being the professional, either you yourself, something you can't do or uh, or your patient or client can't do. And so I've been working with a, a friend of mine, Corinne Ward, who is a, a Pilates teacher, and she's been doing Pilates anywhere from 15 to 20 years. And she said, there's this one exercise I've never been able to do. I'm like, great. All right. So we went to her studio. I filmed her doing it. Um, oh, I filmed her giving her credentials. Then I filmed her not being able to do it. Then a week later, she came to my studio, brought the piece of equipment. I can't remember what the name is. And then we broke it apart. I broke it apart in three sections. And by the end, about an hour, she could do the exercise she hadn't been able to do in 15, 20 years. So uh, a lot of that is going to depend upon where I have the most success with. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and and again, Instagram is great. I mean, that's probably a place I'll start. I'll probably start at trade shows. So say if my Pilates that seems to be the place I'm going to start, then I'm going to start there. Um, I've also been working with tons of kids now, um, which has been really wonderful, seven to 12-year-old kids that have seen pretty remarkable results uh, because they What are they coming in for that young? Uh, they're coming in for basically uh, inability to access muscle or inability to like low body awareness or, or disassociated from how their body is in space so um i have a little girl who came to me a soccer player and she ran with a limp and she ran kind of with her legs failing so we come in i assess her um she was working with a friend of mine sarah lane who's a developmental optometrist and she was doing a lot of eye work and she was noticing that she was only getting so far And she goes she really needs some body work and my training system's perfect because i can hook these these kids up I can teach them the movements, and once I teach them the movements, and, and to back it up a little bit too, is like, I'm not gonna train them to be unsymmetrical. I'm gonna look and see where their asymmetry lies, train that motion they can't do, bring them back into symmetry, or bring them to the ability to access the muscles to rotate her trunk. So we went through rotation with her, and then as soon as I did right rotation, left rotation, got her off, said walk back and forth, she wasn't flaring anymore. And her mom was like, oh my gosh. And a couple sessions after that, she wasn't even limping anymore. So that's the kind of stuff I see all the time, especially with children. Like another example real quick is is a mother who's been coming to me for years and she's like, oh, I want to bring my son in because he's pretty sedentary and he doesn't do a lot of activity. And so he's basically slumped over with a posterior tilt. Uh, no, an anterior tilt. And so I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to look at trunk rotation right, trunk rotation left, uh, trunk flexion, posterior tilt. At the end, you could see I had perfect posture in 45 minutes. And I was like, oh, my gosh. And that's the kind of thing that is really cool because my training system surprises me all the time. <laughs> I am, yeah. so what, And, you know, you talked a little bit about having yep.
0: like, the younger kids coming in and you're helping mm-hmm. them. Do you have kind of like the average, like the 40-year-old male? Or oh, the,
1: sure. Yeah. I have every walk of life. I have professional athletes I work with, uh, professional hockey players, uh, Olympic athletes. I have everyday people. I have people in their 70s. I have all kinds of people. And and, and most of my people, like you said before, come to me because they've exhausted a lot of oh, other right, resources. Right. Yeah. And I kind of am i am the last resort in a lot of ways. Um, which is a lot of pressure at times but other times you know I can only do what I can do and I don't promise the world but and I always tell my clients I said you know if you give me time and give me consistent time that's when I can do my best work when people come in for a session is it like mm-hmm. a half hour
0: session is or is it depend on um, the it clients? depends
1: like kids going to be about and, and normally when I'm doing my train system it's 45 minutes for a kid uh, adult maybe an hour um, for muscle activation techniques, it's anywhere. I'll do an hour session, an hour and a half, and two hour session. So, and again, I always tell people, you can take this as far as you want it. I mean, the body is endless. It, 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 there's always stuff you can work and improve on, and that's what I I, I find the most exciting is that when people give me that um, that uh, go ahead to do, mm-hmm. and don't like pressure me on payment or time or all that kind of stuff, and You know, it's just, it's just time. I always tell people like the people who have the most success with muscle activation techniques. um, They commit to it. They commit to it. It's like like anything. Yeah. It's like, that's why you go to a chiropractor every week to like keep up. It's like, it's maintenance. It's like, we are not a machine. The body. It's like, my dad is a mechanical engineer. He's trying to figure out how to build my cube. Okay. The thing I've always learned is like when you're building something mechanically and and innate, uh, 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 you know, you don't have to like, there's certain variables, but that's it. Once you figure those variables out, you can pretty much do it. Yeah. With the human body, there's variables that I don't even know what are going on. Yeah. And so that's why it's really exciting when we do do things and we see improvements, it's like, oh, okay, that's cool. Like One of the things we talk about in
0: here a lot is we have, you know, some entrepreneurs come in and things like that, and they always talk about patience. From the start of building your system mm-hmm. to it coming out, hopefully this March, right. what was like the time frame like that about?
1: Oh, ballpark. Uh, like the time frame as
0: far as you coming up building that oh, cube, yeah, with the the bands or yeah, yeah,
1: um, the pulleys and yeah, it's well, literally it was a twelve year process. But I in the beginning, I kind of had started with the uh, the body gear, um, and then a company like I it was really silly. And again, when you're having your own business, you. You learn by mistakes, and I paid them all my money up front, and they went bankrupt two weeks later. Um, So I said, well, maybe I'm not going to focus on that right now. actually focus on the pulley. I found an engineer uh, that was supposedly an engineer, wasn't really an engineer, basically just took my tool balancer and just made another tool balancer. Um, It took me a while to find a gentleman named George Cook, uh, who has 123 Designs, who's been my... Uh, uh, engineer and designer and has brought me to the point he he helped me find an engineer to bring make my spring because my spring had to be made my the spring was not available I had to make it myself and then through his determination and through my father always being there um, we were developing the pulleys and then we finally found a wonderful manufacturer and I looked everywhere Um, a gentleman in China and, uh, and then my spring manufacturer for the pulley is actually uh, the Swedish company in the United States. Um, and George is American, but he happens to live in Brazil. So it's like it's, it's, it's a pretty big loop. It's a pretty big loop. Yeah. Um,
0: if people want to get in contact with you, to come into your studio and, uh-huh. and you work on them. What's the best way for them to contact you?
1: Um, they can go to my website, which is core-restore.com. Um, they can call the studio, which is 732 um, uh, 502 On my website, I have my Instagram handle, my website, or my uh, Facebook handle, any of those things. Um, I always take, you know, that's why I bring people in for a consultation. Um, I bring them in, and it's complimentary because I just want to get to know you. I want to, I want to make sure this is right because it has to be a right fit because we're going to be working one on one and we're going to get very close. So, I and again, that's where I start to like figure out if if, if this is going to work. But yeah, I always, I'm, I will always talk to people, you know, and I always give you a little bit of my time, even if you want to talk to me on the phone before you come in for a consultation. Also, my operations manager, Dan. Uh, Burnford, who has been working for me for about two years now, knows what I do inside it out, and he can answer most questions. So, yeah, you can always just call us up. You can send us an email, um, and, and from there, just yeah, find out what we do. all uh, right great, Chris. Thanks for coming in today.
0: Yeah, yeah, and, you know, sharing your story with us. I, I appreciate it, and, and I find it like super interesting as oh, well. Oh, cool. So, guys, check him out, Chris Verdi Core Restore Training. Thank you, Chris. Thanks.